0: you two been married three months how come Ned isn't housebroken yet oh I've tried Rosie welcome to the house husband podcast I'm your host Cameron Miller join me as we talk about being a stay-at-home dad and husband in today's crazy world this is episode three topics covered today will include the story of how my son was born Thanks for coming back. So today, we get to talk about something awesome. The birth of my son. Now, if uh, you've already heard this story, I apologize, but I wanted to get out there. Um, I love my little boy, who is eight months old, and fills my life with so much excitement and stress and all things that I never thought I would have. But it's awesome. I love being a dad. So, if you're a parent, I find this super uh, fun to go back and look at is I wrote down exactly what happened the night or day that he was born and I just want to share that with, with everybody because uh, sometimes you forget. I read through this the other day and thought that it was important enough to share with everybody. So uh, here we go. So this is the story of Flynn. That's my son, Flynn Miller. It's October 16th, 2018. At 4.30 in the morning, I was jolted awake. My 36-week pregnant wife was standing over the bed and she simply said, I think my water just broke the uh, okay well i guess we're having a baby was the first thought that went through my head uh, this was our first kid so everything was new and we didn't know what we were doing or what to expect my wife had called the doctor's office already and learned that we probably had enough time to shower and get ready before driving to the hospital thoughts of a dozen movies where the baby has to be delivered roadside filled my head while i showered and packed the car I was a little nervous the pregnancy up to this point had been uh, fairly uncomplicated. I won't say easy, because no pregnancy is ever easy, but we hadn't had any scares uh, that were too serious. Uh, my wife had been healthy, and uh, the baby had been healthy and growing. So uh, we were uh, pretty boring whenever we went to the doctor. We just checked in, they took measurements and listened to heartbeats and sent us on our way. So. Uh, pretty uncomplicated up to this point. Now the baby was coming three weeks early, so that uh, was the biggest curveball that we had to deal with. Uh, we were very nervous to say the least. So and music usually calms us both down, so as we get in the car, I uh, turned on the radio. And uh, wouldn't you know it, the universe had a surprise for us, because this is what came on very first. Yeah, so that was fun, <laughs> um, we were definitely uh, urgent and needed to get to the hospital. So I, I try to obey all of the speed limits and things, but it was 5.30 in the morning and I may have gone a little faster than I should have. But luckily there isn't traffic uh, at that time of the morning in San Antonio, so we went from our house to uh, the north side of San Antonio the lovely Stone Oak area. And getting from our house to the hospital went uneventful. Uh, We got checked into the maternity ward where uh, they examined my wife. Yep, that water was indeed broken. Also, she was at zero dilation. Uh, Good news, we were definitely having a baby. Bad news, there was a long road ahead. So the nurses got us all comfy in the delivery room and we began waiting. Contractions started getting more regular and more painful. Hours went by. Uh, nurses changed shifts, so we got to meet a new nurse. And doctors came and checked on us and went away again. My wife had IV fluids and drugs uh, that were to help the with labor uh, flowing into her. Baby was positioned correctly, head down, not twisted in any weird ways. I mean, we didn't know about the umbilical cord or anything, but, uh, you know, you, you uh, just hope and pray at that point. So we just waited Um, things got uh, kind of crazy Uh, after about 12 hours my wife was not making any progress Um, all we needed baby was in the right position everybody was ready to go we just needed the the door as it were to open so she had dilated to maybe one centimeter nowhere near the 10 centimeters needed Uh, what made things even more complicated is because the water had broken Uh, Both my wife and our baby were at a greater risk of infection the longer the labor went. So baby wasn't liking being kind of stuck where they were. Uh, So he started showing signs of distress. His little heart rate would drop suddenly at the wrong point in the contractions. They told us that it's normal for the heart rate to kind of fluctuate, especially in time with the contractions. Well, he was doing it kind of off pattern and so... Couple times we had nurses come running in, and you know suddenly, okay, we need to give her so much of such and such, and make sure that the baby's okay. And so that was really nerve-wracking. Um, I got really good at reading that little graph that shows the heartbeat of the baby and where my wife's contractions were. So uh, after hours of pain, tears, fear, prayers, hunger, and a lot of mindless TV watching. Uh, We had to do something to get this baby out. Uh, The doctor came in and talked options with us. They recommended that my wife get an epidural. Uh, This would allow her to relax. Now, we weren't against getting an epidural. We just had been told some things in our birthing class that had been misleading. We didn't think that now was the right time to get an epidural and maybe we should wait and yada, yada, yada. I will pause right here and say talk to your doctors, ask questions, tell them I don't know what questions to ask, what are the risks, what are the complications. If we had known, you know, six hours into this, um, that an epidural could have helped, I think we absolutely would have done it. My wife went 12 hours without one, and it was not fun for her. So. Talk to your doctor, ask all the questions, don't feel stupid. Just find out as much as you can so that you are informed and you can make whatever decision you need to. So, uh, the epidural would help with a couple of things, they said. Uh, My wife would finally get a chance to relax because the pain from the contractions and the stress was really just, I think, making it so that she was very tense, very stressed. So that was the first thing that the epidural would help with. It would manage her pain, help her relax, and hopefully let everything in her body relax. Uh, There was also the chance that if the baby continued to show signs of distress, that we would need to do an emergency C-section. And for those, you need to have an epidural in place so that they could administer the right drugs in order to go in and get the baby out of out of mom so if that route suddenly was the one we had to go we had to have this epidural in place so it seemed to make sense to us we went ahead and went with the epidural not advocating it for everybody but as it turned out it was the right move for us so my wife got the epidural immediately you know kicked in she started to relax. Uh, she was even able to get some sleep, which was awesome. Uh, they put the epidural in about 4, 5 o'clock, so we were a full 12 hours into this. Uh, just before midnight, And uh, so, uh, what is that? 10, I can't do math right now, 10 hours later, whatever. Uh, they came in to check my wife uh, and got all excited and told us that it was time to push. So, talk about miracles of modern medicine. We went from basically zero to 10 in eight hours. There we go, I did the math um, in my notes, in eight hours. uh, The epidural had done its job. She had relaxed enough, that door had opened and baby was ready to come. So the doctor was brought in, everyone was ready, everything was ready, and I once again was in charge of music. Uh, I had meant to put together a very personal list of our favorite songs that were meaningful to us in different ways. Uh, I of course had procrastinated that and the baby had arrived early so those two things made it so that I didn't have the super personal playlist ready to go. Dropped the ball there. So I just cranked up some generic 80s hits playlist and that turned out to be just the thing. The doctor thought it was hilarious and complimented our choice of music uh, multiple times as the process went on. Uh, some. Ironic songs came on like Billie Jean by Michael Jackson um, You know, and we laughed because the kid was indeed my son. I had no concerns there um, and So as we're listening to music everybody's In a good mood and five or six pushes later out comes our little alien Seriously babies don't look very pretty fresh out of the oven um, official time of birth was 045 uh, October 17th 2018 So, we had a five pound, nine ounce little boy. Uh, He very quickly showed us how well his lungs work. Uh, He had all the right number of parts in all the right places. His skin color was good and he didn't show any signs of infection or injury from delivery, so we were very grateful for that. Uh, He had eyes that were super, like, black. I mean, black as night. And I worried for just a second about some sort of demon possession. Uh, But they eventually turned a dark blue that I'm a little jealous of. So no demon possession, but he's going to be a a killer with the ladies later on. Uh, We got him all bundled up. He got tagged three different times. Uh, Made sure that, you know, we had the right baby and the right mom and the right dad. Then it was time to change rooms. Go from the uh, delivery room to uh, the postpartum room. Mom got ready to move and everything. And uh, baby boy Miller, as he was known at that point. Um, had an appointment in the nursery so there were plenty of nurses and doctors helping my wife out so I went with the baby Uh, I can't tell you what happens between labor and delivery and postpartum because I wasn't there so maybe my wife will come on an episode and fill us in on what happened I I doubt it was very exciting but uh, I went to the nursery it was pretty quiet at that time Uh, there had only been a couple other babies that had that were in the nursery Um, our baby was a little cold so we got him in a warmer Uh, they ran a whole battery of tests to make sure that he was okay and that nothing had been missed he was officially 36 weeks six days old uh, one day short of that magic 37 weeks and because of that they ran a a bunch of extra tests uh, which was a blessing kind of in disguise uh they ran a blood sugar test they don't from my understanding they don't normally run that and turns out he had very low blood sugar so this is where things got interesting Um, my brand new and perfect in every way every other way uh, son had low blood sugar hypoglycemia and it wouldn't go up my wife not knowing that the baby was coming early of course didn't have more than a few drops of breast milk to feed him Uh, He needed a Snickers right away. We had to get him some sugar. Uh, To uh, get that hit of sugar, he was upgraded to a room without a view in the NICU. Uh, Yellow pod bed 14. I think I'll remember that forever. And this is where we parted ways for a little while. My wife was exhausted emotionally, physically. Uh, So was I, actually. Uh, I know that I didn't do near as much as she had, but... Um, I hadn't been able to rest or take a nap or eat or anything during the labor because I was so worried about helping her and making sure she got through this. So I had survived the last 24 hours on a couple of fun Size payday bars and a Diet Mountain Dew. Uh, You know, food of champions right there. So we regrouped knowing that our baby was in expert hands and there wasn't really anything we could do at that moment. So we spent a little bit of time in the... uh, postpartum recovery room and he spent a little time in the NICU and we all tried to catch up on sleep and stuff. So the next few days were uh, filled with a lot of tears, fears, and not much sleep. My teeny tiny baby boy had an IV in his itty-bitty hand. I mean it, it felt like it was huge compared to his his wrist and he wasn't even the smallest baby in the NICU so I don't know how other families do it, seeing that seemingly huge IV tube in that teeny tiny little arm or foot of, of the baby. Uh, he also had a feeding tube down his nose because he was just too tired to try and eat. He, uh, he It was kind of a catch-22. He needed food so that he could increase his blood sugar, but he was too tired to get the food into his system, so he had to have some assistance with that feeding tube. Uh, every three hours I would leave our room on the third floor and head up to the fourth floor where the NICU was. I would be buzzed in by the nurses station where I would sign in, have to put my name, the date, the time, my relationship to the patient and get my little visitors badge. I would then walk down the hall to where the yellow pod was located. There I would scrub my hands and apply hand sanitizer. Then I would walk to the bed my son was in. Every time I walked around that corner, to bed 14 i held my breath in worry that something had gone wrong in the few hours since i had been there i would check the heart rate and pulse oxygen monitors first then see if there were any new cords or tubes coming out of my day old son. We weren't a high-risk type case, and so the nurses pretty much left us alone whenever we were there. He was so small though, and hooked up to so many things, I was scared to lift him out of the crib by myself. Once a nurse got him out and into my arms, I would try and feed him. He struggled to latch, and so breastfeeding wasn't really an option. And since he was already low on energy and calories, we had to supplement uh, what milk my wife could pump with specially fortified formula. He had to take in a minimum of 20 milliliters those first couple days. Looking back now, that seems like such a tiny amount, but often he couldn't do it on his own, and so the remaining amount had to be fed through the tube that was in his nose. It was a scary and frustrating time. Doctors couldn't give us many answers, and we didn't really know what questions to even ask. Nurses would change and tell us something different than the previous nurse, or just do something differently, and it would throw us for a loop one nurse swore by a certain diaper rash cream, and the next nurse threw it out and got us a different kind, and just those little things could be very frustrating. Um, My trips to the NICU were on top of getting up with my wife to help her pump milk and get out of bed. I know I didn't probably have to do that, but man, trying to maneuver all that stuff and hook it to yourself, it just looked frustrating for her, and If I could just be an extra pair of hands, it it felt like the right thing to do. Um, So that's what I did, and so I wound up surviving on quick 45-minute to one-hour cat naps, and every few hours they would run more tests, and I wanted to be there for the test. They would take a little uh, diabetes lancet that would prick the heel of my son, and they would squeeze it so hard he would start to just cry and scream and they'd squeeze out a a drop of blood that would be placed on a blood sugar test strip and we would wait while it counted down three two one and then flash a number that never seemed to be high enough he was improving just really slowly and he seemed to struggle to maintain the numbers he would go up and down on this glycemic roller coaster Meanwhile, my wife had actually been cleared to go home. She had done an amazing job at uh, delivering our baby boy. Well, I didn't want to go home. We didn't want to leave. The hospital is 30-plus minutes from our house. Fortunately, uh, this hospital had a great program that allowed us to stay in a room for a few days, even after she had been discharged so that we could be close to the baby. Um, Really impressed by that program. I believe it was called Rooming In or some other terminology but it was an awesome awesome program and my appreciation goes out to the Baptist hospitals uh, that understand the complicated relationship between new mom and baby and medical necessities of the baby had to stay in the hospital but mom was told to go home and how do you how do you balance that so we were grateful that we were able to stay Uh, we got into a routine especially at night we would go to sleep we would wake up and pump milk then I would deliver it to the NICU or to the nurses station on our floor feed the baby go back to sleep and then repeat it a few hours later I called it survival mode or living in sprints during the day, we would stay up a little longer to eat and call our family, but we went right back to sleep as soon as we could. Since it was kind of nerve-wracking to be away from the hospital, I found it difficult to leave, even though there was nothing wrong with me and nobody was, you know, surviving on breast milk that I produced. I didn't really need to be there other than for support, but it was too stressful for me to even leave, so I... I. Uh, didn't even go get food. My wife, because she was trying to produce as much breast milk as possible, was encouraged to eat a lot. And so she had basically free reign of the, the menu and there was plenty for me to uh, have the leftovers. Uh, it wasn't all that bad, really. We got plenty of good food and I ended up losing about eight pounds while we were in the hospital. Um, but I had extra anyways, uh, Plenty, plenty of space to lose. Uh, and maybe I'll start a new fad diet, lose 10 pounds through uh, high stress and sleep deprivation. I don't know what I'll call it, but maybe it's a new fad diet. Uh, things improved slowly, but steadily. My son's sugars stabilized enough that the feeding tube was removed and then the IV. The real fun was uh, when they said that we could bring him back to our room. He was still technically a a NICU patient, but he was well enough that he could be put into a, a bassinet and brought down to the floor that we were staying on. Suddenly, he was just ours. He was almost a week old, and we hadn't been alone with him yet. You know, sure, there was a fleet of nurses just down the hall, but if he suddenly stopped breathing or Something happened in the middle of the night. No alarms would go off. He had been detached from everything. The only thing he had left was the proximity alarm inklet to make sure we didn't take him out of the hospital before they had released him. I don't think I slept at all that first night. I kept getting up to check that he hadn't pulled the blanket over his head or somehow rolled over, even though newborns can't really do that. What they do do is make a bunch of weird noises when they sleep. Lots of squeaks and sighs and moans and things that I, I never heard before and so every time the slightest noise came from that little plastic bed on wheels my eyes would fly open and I'd jump over there to check on him. Well he and I survived that night and a couple others and he passed his last few tests and the next thing I knew we were signing paperwork and getting the instructions for how to take care of him when we got home. One full week after leaving for the hospital. We came home, one person more. I'm still trying to catch up on all the lost sleep, but I wouldn't trade anything in the world for my little boy. So there you have it. That's the story of Flynn, Um, embellished a little. Uh, I wrote it a couple weeks after we got home, just so that I could always look back and, and remember in as fresh as possible detail What happened the night that my miracle came into the world? So that's it for this episode. just wanted to share that with everybody. If you enjoyed it, awesome. If not, thanks for listening anyway. Uh, Stuff like this won't come up very often. I want the, the podcast to mainly be humorous and entertaining, not necessarily too sentimental. But I felt it was important to share how my son came into the world because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be a dad and I wouldn't have this opportunity to be a house husband either. It's all because of him. So I'd like to thank him for being here and for my wife for bringing him into this world and for trusting me with this little perfect person. Uh, anyway, before I start crying on air and get all choked up, I'm going to say thanks for listening. This has been the house husband podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Miller. Join me next week as we get back to talking about current events and life as a house husband. Have a great night, everybody. The House Husband Podcast is copyright 2019. If you would like to sponsor the podcast, you can email househusbandpodcast at gmail.com.